Hey guys, and welcome back to the Just Hoops podcast. My name is Jacob. My brother here is Josh, and we're going to talk about some basketball. Um, It's halfway through the season. Everybody's played 40-plus games, and it's just, it's just a good time to recap what has happened so far in the association. Um, A lot of good basketball in both conferences, and the standings are tight. If you look out east, the Orlando Magic are only four and a half games out of the play-in which is quite incredible and they are bottom three in the east and they still have a really good shot at getting in and competing in the play-in tournament especially after last night's victory boston celtics uh that is not my only magic rant today and i am excited to talk about them but before we dive into the nba as a whole josh how we doing Good, good, good. We're we're getting back on the uh, schedule of uh, watching games. I watched three games on Sunday night, um, and then last night I had a game, so I only was able to watch one. But getting back into like consistently watching games, and it's getting really good. Like there's, like Jacob said, there's a lot of tight. Uh, their standings are really tight. Um, a few surprises from what we thought in the beginning of the season that we'll talk about today. And a few things that we both think will happen um, as far as teams moving up and teams moving down over the next 30-some games. Yeah. So, first topic. Uh, It is Tuesday, January 24th on Monday, January 23rd. The first trade went through for the season. Mm -hmm. And I just want to hear Josh's reaction. Uh, I already know what I think about it, so I want to hear what Josh thinks about Rory Hachimura being a Los Angeles Laker. Um, I was talking about this yesterday with a few people here, uh, a few casuals, I'll say, um, that are like, oh, this is a horrible trade. What did they really think Rory Hachimura is just going to help the Lakers? The Lakers suck no matter what. And I'm like, the fit it's, is not like awesome. he's, it's not like he's going to come in and be – Anthony Davis 2.0. He's not going to be a superstar, but he's going to come in and he's going to be a huge, a great role player. He'll probably have a similar role to that of Lonnie Walker, um, where he could put up like 15 to 20 a night, but he's going to be big everywhere else. Um, he could catch and shoot. I, I saw uh, we you put up a post uh, when the trade happened about um, – his catch and shoot percentage is about forty percent, a little bit over forty percent. He shoots forty-two percent from corner threes. Um, catch and shoot. Yeah. So that's that's a huge plus for them. They 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 really struggle with that. He's going to be a huge, um, and another big piece for LeBron. Uh, it's it's not a downside. It was a plus trade. Uh, Kendrick Nunn didn't play. I know they had to throw in three second round picks, which is. They a pretty big number. They still have their first round picks, though. So, but three second round picks is a pretty big number. I know that. But Kendrick Nunn, somebody that didn't play. You have Dennis Schroeder and uh, Russell Westbrook ahead of him. So, and uh, Pat Bev. And Pat Bev. So it's just somebody that doesn't play on your team for somebody that will play and have a big role on your team. Like, that's just, it's obviously a plus for the Lakers. And then for the Wizards. We both said that we could see Kendrick Nunn getting bought out um, there. Did you see according... what they released? Did you see any of their media? 
So they were like, Kendrick Nunn is a championship level impact player, especially when you look back at his time in Miami with the finals run, like we know what he can do and we're excited to see what he does in Washington. So I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't cut him. But at the same time, you have Monte Morris, um, DeLon Wright. I believe that they have DeLon Mm -hmm. Wright. He was hurt a lot. And then you add Kendrick Nunn. So it's like, who's getting the odd man out? Unless if they're selling on DeLon or Monte, which I could see that too. But because I think Washington is one of the teams, like we'll talk about the deadline next week, but Washington's a team that I think is trying to figure out who they want to have for the long haul at the moment, even though that they're in the lost column. They're only two games out of the lost column of the play-in, but they're 20 and 26, and things don't look great by any stretch. I know that they've had injuries and stuff, but, like, this trade, I don't think they got better. Like, this trade was for the future, and they knew that they weren't going to pay Rui for the long haul, so get him off their books. And then the word is is that they want Kuzma for the foreseeable long term. So, uh yeah, to get Rui out, but for LA, I love it. Um, a guy that's going to guard versatility, like the finishing lineup of games is going to be Westbrook, LeBron, Rui, AD, and then I would say probably Lonnie, probably. <laughs> you could like plug in a ton of different guys for that last spot. Whoever, whoever's playing well, like two nights ago, like. Multi, like seven options, seven, eight options. Yeah, that's what Rui last or two nights ago before the trade um, dropped 30. Like mm-hmm. Rui can like play at a really high level. He's a really solid player. He's just had injury issues and you're in DC, You Bradley Beal's the guy and then you trade for Porzingis and then you become the basically fourth option behind Kuz. So I think in LA, his role is going to be amplified i think that they're going to rely on him a little bit more but at the same time i think that him alongside lebron james and anthony davis is going to be really fun to watch in the front court um i think they helps them out tremendously uh just to fill a role that they really didn't have uh yeah i did see a meme though that was like the los angeles wizards because now they have westbrook rury uh troy brown and uh Thomas Bryant, who are all in the Wizards within the last three years, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I like the move. I like the move a lot. It's it's only going to help the Lakers. It just adds another piece to their team. Yeah, like I don't. There's no real downside to the Lakers no, trading no. that. But um um, I unless you had something else. What do you? I want, want to stay out. I'm going to stay out west. And no I want to way. talk a little bit, a little bit about the Suns. Okay, this three game is, win streak, baby. Yes, they're getting healthy again, and they have some big games coming up. Okay, so right now, if you look at the standings, um, they are currently eighth, tied with the Utah Jazz. Um, they played Utah two last Jazz. Games. Utah Jazz have a game on them in both the win and loss column. Just ahead. So they they have two. They, the Suns have played two less games than the. Uh, than the Jazz. They are half game ahead of all three of the Minnesota Timberwolves, Golden State Warriors, and the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are all tied at 10 games. Um, but they, their schedule ahead, they have the 
Hornets tonight, so you guys will see what happens in that game at home. Should be a win, but Hornets are frisky every few games. Um, then they have a big game against the Mavs, who are a half game ahead of them in the standings, or a game ahead of them, sorry, in the standings. So that would be a huge win if they can get that, uh, move them up a little bit in the standings. Then you got the Raptors, and then they have an East Coast trip. Um, and then the Kings after that. So while they're getting healthy, okay, Devin Booker should be back by the end of the month. Um, Chris Paul's back. They're finding out what to do with Aiton. Um, so far, it's a sickness. I don't know if he's actually sick or if they're looking to move him. Um, they are 7-1 without Aiton. I don't want to say anything. But with Cam Johnson back now, he's finding his footing. Um, and now you're seeing with those with all those injuries, those guys that stepped up are still having that bigger role. So their bench, uh, we, you made a video about Josh Kogi already, his impact. And you have Damian Lee, who's shooting one of the highest three-point percentages in the league. And now you have Saban Lee, who was a pickup during all these injuries, who has a huge impact on your team. And then Dario Sarge is trying, starting to find his footing. Um, once everybody's back, uh, Torrey Craig will be off the bench, who's had quite a few big games over the past few, few weeks. Uh, he just came off of a 20-something point game against the Grizzlies. Um, and then you have your picking of a center who you want, Bismack Biombo, who's a rim protecting, hard playing, rebounding guy, or you have Jock Landale, who's starting to spread the floor more. Um, he's getting a shot underneath him. He's playing hard. Um, that bench unit, along with now their starting five, who's coming back healthy, uh, I, the Suns are definitely going to, I feel like, move up and have quite a few big games coming up with teams that are close to them in the standings. Uh, the four seeds only two and a half games away. The three seed is four games away. Um, and they play the Kings, I think, twice coming up in February. Uh, only once coming up in February. But that like you got a few big games coming up. Mavericks, Kings, and standing-wise. And you have an East Coast trip that you have to get back some games. So three-game win streak, you got to carry that on to February. But I feel like there's a good chance that the Suns can move up to the fifth or fourth seed. Did you just say you get some games back on an East Coast trip? What do you mean? Who are you playing on that East Coast trip that you're gonna get games back? I'm just saying, saying get Detroit? your I'm just saying get your feet underneath you. Oh, like okay, that's okay. Gotcha. it's gonna be a tough trip because there's what one, two, three, four, five, five games in a row. Uh Celtics, Pistons, Nets, Hawks, Pacers. So two of the top three teams that's in the East. Four, that's four really good teams on that trip. Yeah. And Halley um, should be back by then. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's going to be a tough trip. But if you could win three, if not four of those games, you're, yeah. you're confident about yourself coming back when playing a big game against Sacramento. So yeah. over the next six or seven games, we'll see <clears throat> really what the Suns could do the rest of the season while they're continuing to get all their guys back, but the addition of Cam Cam Johnson over the last few games has just been huge. Uh, their defensive intensity um, has really upped. Uh, it's been really fun to watch, um, especially that bench unit between uh, Josh Kogi, Saban Lee, and then D uh, Damon Lee. I really like watching those three, especially on the defensive end uh, and offensive rebounding. They're all playing hard, but I think it'll be a fun next few weeks for the Phoenix Suns to see where they end up at the end of the year. You have six guys shooting over the 70th, 70th percentile from three 
Uh, you're 11th in defensive rating still. You were able to hold on to that. Offensive rating did dip, which is like kind of expected without your best player. They're 14th in offensive rating at the moment. And I do think things look good. I think, honestly, like you, you win three in a row against good teams for the mm-hmm. most part. Um, your last 10 games, four and six, like you're holding on. As long as you stay, like for me, it's kind of like, the heat earlier in the year, like you just got to hang on to 500 until you get healthy. And once you get book back, you'll be able to take a couple games. And that's what that East coast trip. I think if you go two and three, three and two, and you got that but the, the thing book book will be back by then. He, oh, should, be. he should be. Oh, okay. By so, early, it'll be, it'll be early February or like last game of this month. Okay. So if he's back, like, yeah, you guys might be, because what was your record before you got hurt? 19 and 12 19 and 13 that's what it's just that's Booker's what, that type of guy for you if, guys and if you look at the split like the um at home they're 17 and 7 on the road they're 7 and 17 uh in their division they're 8 and 0 um and then western conference they're 19 and 13 so like they're handling business at home. They're handling business in the Western Conference and in their division. But a lot of those games were early in the season when they were playing well. Um, but I forget what the like without Booker, it's like they're they're like by far the worst team in the league, stats wise, um, win record wise. Like it was bad for a while. <laughs> so I'm looking at lineup data now. So out of all your lineups, Booker's in. Four of your top six. Uh, one of the lineups, or four, like usage wise, um, you have two lineups without Booker in them. Uh, Chris Paul, Shamit, Bridges, Craig, and Aiton in 177 possessions is negative 50.3. And then you have Chris Paul, Damon Lee, uh, Bridges, Craig, and Aiton in 113 possessions are plus 6.2 with 131.9 points per 100 possessions and defensively 125.7 points per 100 possessions. So like the offense for you guys is never going to waver in my opinion. It's been looking better. I feel like, yes, like I the, think guys the guys are, that they brought in are now. starting to figure it out. Like they're, they're looking good in the offense. And then the defense is just like, it's more of an effort because it's a lot of switching. It's a lot of needing to run around and chase things and like being in the right spots, especially like your top bottom off ball stuff. Like if you're three inches off of where you need to be to cut off a cut, like you're getting blown by, you're giving up too. So like that's tough. But then you have a guy like Bismack Biombo on the floor who's going to work his tail off every possession. So it's like, he sets the tone, and just having somebody like that is pretty big. And Josh Okogie. Yeah, Okogie too. But um, I actually want to stay out west um, to move on and talk about Dallas. Um, they just lost to the Clippers, but they had an emphatic win against the Miami Heat. They won by 25, and then they lost to Atlanta. They're not looking great. In their last couple of games, I think in their last 10, they're three and seven. Um, but also Luca missed a good chunk mm-hmm. of those games. And he took a while to get back to where he was. That heat game, though, and even that clipper game for most of it, outside of the 
third and fourth, like most of the fourth quarter, basically like Dallas is still that team. Like they made the conference finals last year for a reason. Like if they're clicking, they're moving the ball. They're stuck playing small ball now without Kleba and wood. Uh, Both of those guys have been out of the lineup for a little bit, but if they move the ball and they play with their spacing and they trust each other and shots are falling, like Dallas is scary. I just want to bring that up because like, it's also beautiful basketball, like genuinely beautiful, fun basketball where it's just humming. It's just a machine. And then defensively, I know that there's a lot of noise about Jason Kidd and like really pushing the defense. Like, Hey, we need to lock in at this end of the floor and do better and just be in position, do our thing. Like they had a top 10 to 10 defense most of last season. Like this year, they have not been at that level defensively, but they just, they've been locking in of late and it's not like for a full 48 minutes, but once they really click at that end of the floor, I think Dallas is going to like solidify themselves in that top three to four. Um, I know that like, it's really close. Like they're only like how many games away from, they have a one game lead in the loss column to Phoenix at eight. And then they have game and a half games. 11. Yeah. Uh, four games in the loss column between them and the Kings and like two games between them and new Orleans in the lost column. It's just, they, uh, they're in a spot where like this season could make or break kind of. And I just, I think that Luca will keep them afloat and keep them in a spot to, win a lot of games but um if they if they commit defensively i think that they could be a team to really look in on um i kind of want to stay out west uh the thunder you want to talk about them at all though uh just to talk about the mavericks a little bit um it did hurt when luca was out for that little bit and they came back and his stats were i mean his stats before he was hurt were like all worldly level like all NBA level, like some of the best stats we've ever seen, like 36 points, like 36 point triple doubles, like every night. Um, and then once he came back, it was like 22 for a little while as points wise. Um, but his impact on the floor, obviously we know it's really huge. And since he's come back, they've got that one against Miami where they looked solid. Um, and then had a tough one against the Clippers where the Clippers just got hot late. Uh, but now they have a few, few big ones coming up. Uh, obviously, I talked about the Suns. Whoever wins that game be feeling good about themselves. And then they have the Jazz right after the Suns. So those are two really big, big games to end out this month. Um, and then something else to add, like this next month, month and a half of basketball is going to be really huge from – the 13 seed in the West to the fourth seed, fourth or third seed. Everybody's (laughs) everybody's so close in that region. Like if you have a bad week, week and a half, that's going to put you down to out of the plan. Portland right now. They're, I think like four and nine, seven in their last 10. And like they're, they're on a bad stretch right now, but then you look at their differential, they're still plus. Mm-hmm. Like just because they played so well at the beginning, but then they're tied up with LA, the Lakers, and they have so, like they're not worried about San Antonio, but they literally like they can win three in a row, 
and then end up at eight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be a fun next month of basketball, especially in the Western why, That's why I want to talk about the Thunder and Warriors specifically. They're two teams to me that I'm kind of like. The Warriors, we already know what they're about. We know their playoff pedigree. They know, like, their championship-level team. They showed it in that Boston game. It wasn't the prettiest game. It was sloppy. It was gritty. But then they they played playoff-level, championship-level basketball at the end of the day. And then they go out the next night and beat Cleveland. Um, the, the Warriors could go on a run at any given moment and put themselves they're finally four. Finally you know? fully. Yeah, like they they could do it. And then they're doing the small ball lineup, like really fun, really interesting, but the Warriors are kind of a mainstream topic. So you hear this all the time, but the Thunder are not a mainstream topic, not a mainstream team, and they're doing the same thing. You look at any their top 10 defense, their top 20 offense, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander's playing. Like, honestly, if the MVP field was not so packed right now, I think his name would be there. Like people would be like, oh, Shea Gilgis Alexander is an MVP candidate. He's for sure going to be an all-star. Um, then you have Josh Giddy showing massive improvement. You look at their lineup data. Their their lineup with Muscala in is at the five is plus 24 and a half. Uh, Jay Will and Jay Dub are playing phenomenal basketball as rookies. Um, Lou Dort is just continuing to improve this season. Um, I just... I'm ex- like they had a big win against Denver the other night. Uh, they're coming up big in these close games, and I think a team like a Thunder, like next year, they're for sure going to be in the top eight. Oh, I would say. Back. Yeah, you give them a big man. The big like that is their one weakness right and, now is that they're relying on a collective bunch to play the five when like the biggest one is six eight. You know. And say they say they don't make the playoffs or don't make the play-in, you have another lottery pick. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So like whatever you get there too, they're gonna have a ton of talent next year, and then maybe somebody you'll be interested in going there in the off season, some solid name, mm-hmm. solid pickup. Like you don't know what they're gonna do in the off season. So yeah, if you're speak, if we're talking about next year, they're definitely gonna be a scary team. Um, they're seven and three in their last ten games. They're they're on a hot streak now. Uh, which really picked them up in the the standings. They're that like throughout this month they're playing really well. They're putting up numbers. They're scoring at a high level. Um, that was a big one against Denver, like you brought up. It was without Jokic, but Denver was, is ten and two in this month. And like even without Jokic, they're playing at they're one of the best, if not the best, team in the NBA right now. Um, you have some big games coming up. Uh, if you could keep this up for the next five, six games, you're confident in yourself that you can make this play in. Um, maybe even push for that eight seed, eight, seven seed, um, and have a chance to make the playoffs with all these young guys, get them some playoff experience, and then you're feeling better going into the next off, next season. Um, but yeah, like you said, uh, Shea Gilchrist-Alexander is playing at a MVP level. He, he really because- is. Just because he's an OKC, I feel like is why he's not getting talked about. They're right now they're not in the play-in. Um, I feel like somebody like Sabonis too should be getting talked about a lot more. Um, yes. He's putting up crazy stat lines, uh, but OKC is definitely going to be an interesting team to keep an eye on over the next few weeks of basketball. 
Who do you think the odd men out of the play in will be? Out West. Like, if you had to pick right now, like, who's in the play in? How about that? Um, I feel like the Clippers are going to drop into the play in just because I don't think they could stay healthy for more than a month. Um, I feel like the Warriors will probably be in there. Uh, I think Minnesota drops out. And I think the Lakers get in. So the the Golden State, Utah, Clippers, um, Lakers. Okay, so I'm. I don't, saying, think, I don't think Portland gets back in. I'm gonna bet on the Warriors' run to knock the Clippers out of that top six, and then I'm, I'm saying that's the Suns. I think the Suns are gonna go on a run and knock them into. Okay, that's fair. I'm gonna say. Phoenix at seven, Clips at eight, Utah nine. That tenth is tough. <laughs> my heart says Thunder. My mind says Lakers. You know what That's I mean? why I think the Lakers – I think Rory's going to help the Lakers. I, well, if Anthony Davis doesn't get back. Like, I know the Lakers are playing good basketball right now, but if Anthony LeBron's Davis – playing great basketball. <laughs> He is. Russell Westbrook's been on a good terror for a little while. It's tough. That 10 spot's very I'm gonna I'm gonna go Lakers also just because. But then there's a world where Anthony Davis gets healthy and then they end up in the top six. Like if Anthony Davis just is like, oh, I'm playing like I did in November. Um and LeBron's doing Yeah. But um just to wrap up the West for me, uh light the beam is legit. The Grizzlies are probably – they're going to be one of the best teams in the league for a really long time. They played last night against Sacramento, and they did get beat, but, like, they have some young guys that just look phenomenal and already – You know what I would – you know what I would not be mad at? A Phoenix-Memphis first-round series. That would be fun. That would be really fun. I'm I'm yeah. cheering for the rematch, though, the Pels – Suns. Yeah. I think I that could be a good that. a good four or five matchup if the Suns could get out of this play in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That'd be a good four or five. And then Denver, you you said everything about Denver when ten and two in the month. Probably the best team in basketball. They have the number one offensive rating in the month. They have a top five defensive rating. Uh with Jokic on the floor, they're like plus a million. Uh Jokic for his third MVP in a row this season. Um, I'm 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 on I'm on with it. Like I've watched a lot of Denver of late, and I don't think that there's a more impactful player in basketball. Something something to add to Denver too is this is where they were at before Jamal Murray got hurt. They were the best team in basketball in January of 2021, I think that was. Um, so now they want that back. They, right they have after, it back. Yeah. That like this is, they're not going to let this opportunity slip up, and they're going to keep this going for months to come. Speaking of that guy, Jamal is just looking better every game. He's back. Jamal is looking <laughs> more and more like Jamal, and it's really fun to watch. But to go back to the Thunder, I saw this tweet that said 2025 Finals OKC versus Orlando, and this is going to bring us to the Eastern Conference. So Orlando, start with the Orlando Magic, as I referenced at the beginning of this podcast, are only five games out of the play-in in the loss column, okay? They just had a massive win against Boston, and Jonathan Isaac is back. 
And I don't even care what their record is at the end of the year. If they play like that on a nightly basis, I'm going to watch every Orlando Magic game (laughs) till, till the end of the year. Like that energy and effort on defense was incredible. Offensively, they just had a different flow, pace, and just rhythm to them. Franz looks great. Paolo looks great. Jonathan Isaac looked like he played basketball like he hasn't missed a beat. Um. I think Fultz is a really good floor general for them. Suggs got better. Like he's fitting into that good. role. Uh, Cole Anthony off the bench. You know how skeptical I am of that guy, but he looked good. Like he's giving good minutes. They have Terrence Ross, who could become a trade asset, honestly, with how much depth that they have that's young. Same with Gary Harris. Gary Harris. Like I think that what they have right now in Orlando is something that could really be good for the rest of this year. Give them like an an actual like high stakes game at the end of the year and see what happens. But for the long haul, this team is solidified. They have their core and I'm excited. Jamal Mosley is also a really good coach to really like foster a culture. Like you see, like from the beginning of this year to now, there's genuinely a sense of like purpose to everything that they do. I don't know if you feel the same way, but Mm -hmm. it's just like when I watch them, it's like, they're going at every game like, hey, we need to get better today. We need to do this today. Like, this is our opportunity to grow. And Jamal Mosley is just doing a phenomenal job at creating that type of environment. Um, just for numbers sake, um, let me get the game See, They're five and five in their last 10. That's pretty good. Yes, they are. Um, against Boston last night, they had a 117 offensive rating and a 101 defensive rating. Um, in their wins, oh dang! In their wins, they're holding teams to under one ten a game in that last little stretch, like rating wise. Except the Thunder, the Thunder got one fifteen offensive rating against them. Um, but yeah, uh, a lot of fun things happening in Orlando. I don't know if you want to <laughs> talk about them, but yeah, I don't know if they keep up what they did um last night like that was really really high level basketball those the celtics are another team that are on top of the league they're them milwaukee and uh denver are by far the top three teams in basketball right now um and what they did to them uh, they're three and oh against them now yeah or did they play all four three three and oh but that's that's the thing that i was thinking about last night was say Boston, um, oh, and Philly's up there too. Philly's been playing really well. Um, we'll talk more about Philly, but <laughs> it, but say, say Orlando keeps this up, rattles off a few in a row, um, wins say seven out of their next 10, gets up into that 10 10 9 seed and could hold it. Um, they have a chance to play Boston in the first round. That would, that be, would be so very, fun. Say they win all four against Boston in the regular season, and then they get they, to play no, them in they the only playoffs. Play three. They only play three because they're not in the same moment. Oh, they're not in the – yeah, you're right, you're yeah. right. So they go, they win all three in the regular season, and then they go and play them in the playoffs. That would be a very, very interesting series. Um, that's what I was thinking about last night. I was like, if they can get in the play and play Boston first round, like Boston's in trouble. They, they have Boston's number. They always play with a different type of energy when they play Boston. Uh, those two back-to-back games and then last night um it's but Jonathan Isaac was a huge bright spot for them 
Uh, if Dude, he could get he back, so good. He, like he moved very insanely well defensively. Uh, that one pick in the late third quarter, I think, yeah. on Jalen Brown, and then that led uh, to the dunk when they were on their like seventeen to two run. Uh, that like I was like, this is not a guy that just came back from an ACL injury that hasn't played in nearly two years. Like that's it's. I know he's played three or four games in the G League. Um, you don't look but like you can't you game. can't you can't simulate a high level NBA game in the G League. It's it's tough to do that. And he came back. I don't know if it was just like a adrenaline rush that he had throughout the game for being back finally. Um, but he looks really well. His shot looked amazing. Uh, he knocked down what was it two threes. Yeah. Um, Do you see the first time he got when right when he subbed in, they hit him at the elbow and let him work. And they hit that no, fade. Oh, I wasn't. I only watched the second half. He got an elbow that catch. He turned. He faced. He jabbed. I wasn't sure if you saw it on Instagram. He jabbed. He got uh, left sideline. Turned to the middle of the floor. Hit a turnaround and spin fade uh, on uh, like, Grant Williams. Like that was his first possession. He literally just walked on the floor. He can't. He can't be more than eighty percent good right now. Like, like eighty percent normal. I'm saying like between conditioning feel for no, the game like, like 80% you, you would be at the high end yeah and like if he can get back to normal that lineup of him Franz Paolo um Markel Fultz and then Wendell Carter like that's dude you cool. you they're they're gonna be scared they how are you scoring on that scared the and then and then how are you guarding it <laughs> you have three guys that can create for themselves you have Wendell Carter, who is having an amazing season, and then you have uh, Floor General and Mar- Markel Fultz. Like, it's – right when I started watching the game in the third quarter, Markel Fultz found two straight open three-point shots. Like, it was – like, he would just come off a ball screen and get downhill and find – he found um, Franz, and then he found uh, Jonathan Isaac. And I was like, what is Orlando doing right now? <laughs> Six-man six man bull bull comes in the game and too. bobo yeah <laughs> but, yeah then you have a bench lineup of Suggs, um Suggs, Bobo, uh whoever else and then mo yeah that's a culture they have that's, a, that's another that's another thing too like with when wendell carter was out for those like 10 12 games mo wagner had huge games he had like 15 to 18 point games every night and he's playing hard like it's like you built something over the last 30, 40 games or however, 45 games, however many they played. Um, and it's going to be, like you said, that tweet with Orlando versus OKC, like that's a legitimate thing that could happen in the next five years. Yeah. Like both of them are built, like they're very, both in a very similar area. Um, I think OKC is a little bit more ahead just because of Shea Gilgis, but um, it's, it's a scary thing to see. Um, if you're some of the top teams in the East, you're playing a young, confident team first round, if they can make it there. It's just think it's about there. Like we'll talk about other teams. Like me and Josh just love the magic. Like in the off season, we made I found, we got I found a new love them. for them last night when I watched that. Cause I was like, like beginning of the year is ugly to watch. And then once Jonathan, I was like, I was like, just wait till Jonathan Isaac gets back. I'll, I'll be, I'll be really excited for them when, once that happens. And then I see that last night and he's back to he played a, at a great, high, very high level, and that just got me even more excited. So, if you look at the East, Boston, 
has a long time still that they're going to be good because Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are young. Philly, Philly's getting old. Milwaukee, Giannis is 27, but everybody else is 30 and up pretty much. Brooklyn, you're relying on Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm going to be honest, how stable is that? And then Cleveland's young. Miami has a younger core, but Jimmy's on the older side. So if you look at those top six in the East, the Magic's window is going to open right when everyone else's closes, except Boston and probably Cleveland. You know what I mean? So it's going to be like, like just that changing of the guard in the East, and Orlando's going to be right there waiting to be, hey, we're here and we're legit and we're going to be one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. But um, time to move on. Yeah, we talked about them for too long. <laughs> uh, I want to actually talk about the two through six, two through maybe even how much. Yeah, I think two through six, two through, you could even say nine, to be honest. Um, we have this whole bunch is separated by, now nah, I'm going to keep it two to six. They're separated by five games. Um, I think that there's movement going to happen and I think this is kind of where Milwaukee, I think healthy is going to just give themselves the two. They're going to solidify themselves as that, those guys. So I'm, I don't think we really have to talk about them. Boston we'll we'll do what we did in the West with Denver. Like, Hey, Jason Tatum playing at an all world level. Jalen Brown looks phenomenal. Uh, Al Horford looks like he is 22 years old, running around, making plays, just playing hard. Uh, Marcus Smart, heart and soul. They're, the bench is playing phenomenal. Grant Williams, like, you can go down the line. And Joe Missoula is just orchestrating a beautiful offense, and guys are playing hard on defense. Like One one thing to add, to is that we're going to talk about this a little bit more in a future podcast, but they're also trying to go for Jakob Podol to try to add to that roster, too. So yeah. they could add something else to what they have now and then we both agree healthy milwaukee is probably best team in basketball um then you get to this group of philly brooklyn cleveland miami and i think that it's kind of a toss-up i think cleveland's gonna end up three i think cleveland has the best roster from bottom of the bench to top of the bench, like Raul Neto, uh, Ricky Rubio. Those guys are playing hard, playing meaningful minutes. Dean Wade, Chetty Osman. Like, I think that the role players that they have fit perfectly around um, Mitchell, Garland, Mobley, and Allen. And uh, Evan Mobley, man, that dude is – just at a game. He's growing like him. And I want to I wanna talk about Scotty a little bit, but both of those guys are just looking great. Like – Every night they're getting better. I know both of them were shaky at the beginning of the year. Like people were hard on them, but like what both of these guys do is like incredible. And then they're two of the best defenders in basketball and they're only in their second year. Mm-hmm. Um, Cle- like I think Cleveland's going to get three. They I haven't think. been healthy in a while too. They haven't played uh, with their full roster. Like at one of Darius Garland and Dominic Mitchell have been out most of the year. Yeah. So. No, that's a hundred percent. I think. Brooklyn's going to hold on to four, in my opinion, because they're going to just get healthy, and Kyrie's playing phenomenal right now. Um, guy, like They just look really good. Uh, I think Miami's going to get five, and I really do think Philly's going to drop off to six. Really? 
I am not a believer in Philly. For like some, I, I think they're playing great. I love what they're doing. But you watch what they play, like who, like how they play, and I'm like, there's so many cracks. Like there's so many things that like could go wrong, and they're gonna back. I think they're back. They're they have a backloaded schedule. You know what I mean? So like they're gonna have. I'm gonna look at what they got. Nets, but, Denver, Magic, Magic, uh, Spurs, Knicks, Celtics, Knicks, Nets, Rockets over their next however many that was like ten. So yeah. and then Cleveland right after that, like they got they got Boston twice in the next month, and then they got Miami on a back to back. Yeah, they have a tough February schedule. start March. Uh, I really do though. Like I'm, I'm skeptical. They do have a top five offense, top ten or top five defense, top ten offense. Joel Embiid is Joel Embiid. James Harden looks really good. Um. I am just Maxie's back. Maxie's back. I just think that they don't like uh Doc Rivers says that they're gonna have three starting lineups that they're gonna rotate through for the rest of the regular season. I don't think that that's a way to do things. I don't think that that's a way to really build a consistent just overall atmosphere, especially at the highest level of basketball. Um I just think, like, I don't like the role players, how they're looking and playing. Like, George Niang's been great. Uh, Maxi back is huge. I think that they need a backup five severely. Like, Trez has been playing good, but I think, like, they need somebody to fill that spot, like, and be able to just bring something more. Uh, I think Melton's been great, but I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know why I feel the way I do. Maybe it's just because like the past couple of years, it's been like I've been so high on them and they've basically not lived up to it. I want Joel Embiid to be successful, but like I, don't I know. think that I think that they're definitely going to drop, but I think it's only going to be to like four. Um, okay. Cleveland's going to rise. Milwaukee's going to rise. I think they'll be the top three, especially if Cleveland can get healthy. I feel like the team that's going to drop is Brooklyn. Um, really? Just because KD being out for a little while, they're going to drop a few games. They're five and five in their last five. They kind of plateaued after that really, really good month and a half of basketball that brought them up to the top two for a long time. And I think Miami, they'll they'll drop to six. And I think Miami goes up to five. Um, just playing steady basketball, Miami. Uh, Tyler Hero looked really good over the last few games. Um, if they could just find a – if they find a rhythm, I think maybe Miami could jump. Philly, but I think that'll be a four or five first round series, however it shakes out. Um, but I think that Brooklyn will be the team to drop to like six. That's fair. Out of, That's out fair. of those five teams. But like I, you said, Milwaukee, top two team in the East. Um, and then Cleveland, if they can get healthy, especially with Evan Mobley playing at a better level than, he, than they started the season at. Um, and then Ricky Rubio back as a backup point guard. Uh, we know what he did for them last year. So yeah. uh, that that's just – I think Cleveland will get that third seed. But I think that uh, that could be close with them and Milwaukee. Like right now it's, what, two games? Yeah, you know, a game and a half away from each other. I think that could be a really close battle for the two seed. Um, I don't know why I'm so low on Philly. I really don't. I, I get what you're basketball. saying. I just feel like 
I feel like they could stay steady for the season. Like, even with all the cracks, like, I feel they'll drop a few late, and that will make them drop. That's why I think maybe they can go to five. Um, I think right now they have too big of a lead to drop all the way to six, uh, especially because I don't think they're going to drop more than two in a row. Like, I think they'll, if they drop two in a row, Embiid will go for 60. <laughs> like, Embiid has that, that ability to do that and carry a team. Um, but I think once they get to the playoffs, it won't be sustainable. Um, and they'll lose in five or six first rounds, if, especially if they play a team like Miami, who's starting to figure it out. Um. Yeah, that's what I guess. It's just me thinking playoff wise. Like I think like it's not sustainable in the playoffs. Like I think like a James Harden, Joel Embiid pick and rolls, pretty impossible to guard. But um, in the playoffs, everything gets ramped up. So I don't know if mm-hmm. like if it will be as like unstoppable. So um, and going back and to a team like guard. going like, back to a team like Miami who is right now basically the front runner for Jay Crowder. So if they get Jay Crowder, their team will be like the, their finals. Run. Their production for their team will be amplified a little bit more, um, especially defensively. And then we saw what they did to Philly last year in the playoffs. Like they're still the same team. Yeah. Nothing's changed. So. um, Speaking of Miami, Bam is – I, I know you've watched Miami a little bit. Are you on the BAM? Like, BAM is an all-star yet? He played really good. <laughs> I think Tyler has been playing better, though. <laughs> I love Tyler. Tyler's been hurt, dude. He's only played, like, the last three games. But he's played good. That 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 Pelicans game, man. Tyler had a game, 26. I, did you? Every time, every time I looked up, because it kept freezing. Like, the NBA app needs to fix itself. Um, yes. So I kept freezing, and then every time I turned it on, Tyler would be knocking down a three or a mid-range pull-up or floater. Or <laughs> what about Kyle's nine-point stretch? I was, I was, I was in the dining hall. I was eating food, right? Oh. I was eating some grub, and uh, I was watching, and I was like, Kyle Lowry's going crazy right now. <laughs> but like Jimmy, Jimmy shot seven shot. Like Miami's figuring it out. Um, the offense is such a mess. Such a mess. I know. I know we'll talk about it more, like I said, in a future podcast about the trade deadline. But right now, the what I've seen is the outline for the trade would be Caleb Martin and um, Deadman. Deadman, and then the Suns are trying to get a pick out of it. Um, but Caleb Martin's a starter, so that would just plug in Jay Crowder, um, stretch the floor. I feel like that's kind of a downgrade on the defense on the defensive side. But, it depends on how good of shape uh, Jay Crowder's in. Like, let's like we don't know yeah, what Jay Crowder yeah. looks like right now. We don't. So it's yeah. uh, overall it, going to be interesting to see wherever he gets moved. But Miami is the front runner right now. And as mm-hmm. a Heat fan, I don't know how I feel about it because he hasn't played. Um, I mean, but if you look at their roster, if you add him in there, Victor Oladipo and Gabe Vincent have been playing really well off the bench, and then Orlando Robinson too has been a huge plus. If Strews could find a shot, like their bench is one of the best in basketball. Um, yeah. Those four four guys, and then you could plug in somebody else. Like they have other guys that you could put in there um, to make it a five man bench. Uh, and then we know what their starting five could do, especially with Jay Crowder. That team went to the playoff or finals with those five yeah. guys. So 
Miami has all the pieces. They just got to figure offensively out more. Um, defensively, they're. they're I, don't, I don't want to. I don't want to say they're fine because some games are a step slow, like you were saying. And that Pelicans game, the start, I was like, are they always doubling like this? Because I feel like they're just letting them get open shots. But you were like, yeah, they always do that, and then they were just moving slow. You felt the zone, man. I'm going to just like that video. I go to the YouTube and watch that, but that zone is one of the best in basketball, like across the globe. They perfected it. When the zone works, when the zone's going, it's going and you're not Ooh. scoring on it. Um, just Miami to, Celtics tonight's going to be a big one. Yeah. Uh, we'll know the result of that this evening, but um, let's go to the rest of the East. We have the yeah. Knicks, Hawks, Pacers, Bulls, Toronto and Washington all clumped within a three game gap in the loss column. Uh, how are we feeling? I don't know how much I feel like one of the teams are going to drop out of the plane. I think Toronto will get in there just because Toronto is such a winning franchise. Like they're, I know they're struggling right now. It'll be a next ugly. week's topic with the trade deadline because I don't know what they're thinking. Yeah, I yeah, and I that could change the whole dynamic. I I did see something that there was a three team trade for um, them to get Podal. Yeah, them to get Podal, but Gary Trent was in it. Yeah. Um. So we'll see what happens there, but I think Toronto will get in there, depending on what they do. Obviously, uh, they just have too much talent. Um, Who drops? I think, then? I think Indiana. I want to say Indiana stays in. I do too. With, um, Once Hallie's back, they're going to be fine. They're playing great basketball. Um, I don't know. Like I think Chicago. I'm not goes. a big Chicago guy. I think Chicago. I don't want to be biased about this. That's well, why I want. I want to say Chicago, but I feel like that's just me being biased because I don't like Chicago. So they had a win last night against Atlanta. Okay, it was mm-hmm. just like. They win the tough games for some reason, which makes no sense. But then they can't lose to Washington Charlotte. Like, they can't lose those games. And it just doesn't seem like that's turning around at all. Um, Like, they look like they're just not consistent. And I don't – I think that inconsistency is going to bite whoever out of that 7-10 to slot. Like, if you can't consistently – just play hard like at least you know new york every night is going to work their tail off okay you look at the pacers when they're healthy they're going to run the floor and play with pace and make it difficult for you to get set on either end of the floor atlanta on a nightly basis is going to have one of the best offenses in basketball so it's kind of like hey are our shots going to fall or not and then you look like this is the chicago raptor washington like mix like three teams that like just can't click on a nightly basis. Like Toronto can, has been competing on a nightly basis now. And I think that they're the most consistent of the bunch. That's why I'm saying like, Hey, if they, I don't know what's going to happen in February, but I wouldn't lean also them over Chicago just because I think the last month they have brought a energy and effort to the table that the other two just haven't been able to do on a nightly or at least consistent basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I would say the Raptors get in over Chicago. Um, but I think I don't, I don't think any of them get into the top six, though. I mean, New York, New York's possible, but I just feel like they can never keep a lead. Like they'll get up on a team and they can never keep it. So I think the I'm only gonna keep team New York that could mm-hmm. 
I think the only team that could is Atlanta. If they start clicking, yeah, because they're a dangerous team if they click. That's what like, they like. They lost two in a row, but before before yesterday, they were seven and three in their last ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of rolling in their last fifteen. Like I think that when when and if they click, and I don't, they're another team. They might trade John Collins, and then we don't know what we're getting. You know. Like John Collins is important for them. Uh, it's just a lot of question marks. I really do think the Knicks are the most solid, though. Like we know, like it's a Tibbs team, and they're playing good. Uh, Julius Randle looks great. Brunson's looking good. R.J. Barrett uh, is not the most consistent, He's but when he plays well, <laughs> when he plays well, they're pretty hard to beat. Like you're, you know, you're getting Brunson and Randle every night, though. And that's not fun to guard and have to deal with. And defensively, they're working. They're they're playing hard. Right. They're really good with rotating. They're doing a good job keeping the bigs in the middle. So, yeah, I think the Knicks probably stay seven, and maybe they do work up to six. But if Atlanta clicks, they're the most dangerous of the. Bunch. But that that would I think they would need help to move up. They oh, they're gonna have to have somebody slide. Yeah. 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 Because I don't think they they could rattle off like three in a row, but I don't think they could rattle off like seven out of ten or eight out of ten to get them into that spot um but yeah this i feel like the west is going to be a lot more interesting just because there's so many more teams that have potential to move up um but the east is definitely that's the top six two for six range two from six range is going to be really really interesting to see what happens how that shakes out and then the play in I feel like it mostly will stay the same, but there is also a possibility that it could be two teams that are in there now could be out and the Toronto and Washington could be in. Like, it's very possible that that could happen too. So the play mm-hmm. play in will be interesting to see too. Um, Do you have any, like, last things you want to talk about? Either conference? Just anything you want to throw out there? Um, I mean, like I've said the whole time, like, it's going to be a really – big next month month and a half of basketball um just to see how playoff the playoff push will be shaking out uh some like you got warriors are finally healthy uh cleveland will be getting healthy here soon um trade trade deadline is going to be huge for a few teams we'll talk about that i think next week um so over the next week we'll see how teams shake out being healthy and what they do with the trade deadline and then see how those changes click and see how the playoff push will shake out. So it's going to be really, really big next month, month and a half basketball to see what, see what we're going to be watching in May. For sure. Um, Last thing I just want to do point differential based on, uh, I think it is just point differential, but in the last two weeks, the number one team in point differential has been the Sacramento Kings, number two, Denver, number three, Oklahoma City, number four, Memphis, number five, Boston. Um, just showing that there's a lot of good basketball. Uh, Josh basically said it all. Uh, and another team I just want to quickly reference is the Pelicans. Uh, they haven't had Zion and BI and they're still top four in the West. Um, Guys are playing well. Guys are playing hard. When they get healthy, oh, oh, it's scary hours out there. But that is it for us. Um, 
I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Just Hoops podcast. For more content, check us out on socials. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And make sure to check out the YouTube channel for deeper dives into specific topics in the league. And with that, I hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll catch you in the next one. Peace.